you should understand each has its own functionality okay and don't blur the lines don't mishmash okay there's always a way to solve a problem but use the tools in a very clean uh, clean directive way see don't mishmash any any other thoughts, questions? I got a real random one, but yeah. was Gandhi reborn? Uh, Gandhi became a master in that birth. Will he be born? My confidence is yes, because that's their nature. You know, these masters often take a bodhisattva type point of view, which means they they have such a desire to heal humanity to bring humanity to a place of sanctity that by choice they take a birth. There's no more karma for them, so there's no compulsory rebirth as we are. We have compulsory births. But once a soul becomes a master, it's completely optional. But generally, they desire to bring greater sanctity here, so in general they return. That's just my supposition. One second, yeah. Okay, okay, good. Any other, any other thoughts, questions, ideas? I don't want to hold up. No, 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 no. It's important. Uh, this is more important than food. Food means nothing. Oh, okay. It means absolutely nothing. Um, I, it's, I mean, it's more like a random question. It's a. No, it's important. It, so you have an issue, a frustration that arises, and it dissipates in two days because it's moved to your subconscious. Yes. To me, that's not feeding it energy. So I'm thinking, why doesn't it just dissipate by the fact that you've let it go? Why does it actually well, keep be, running? Yeah, because you never, because you really, really didn't let it go. You know, you, you just didn't because deal with it. Because you haven't. Well, what I'm thinking is that you didn't, you didn't face it. It, mm -hmm. it's that actual arising, and your conscience, consciousness saying, I, you're not accepted, or you're, or you are accepted. Let it be something. It's like that. You have to have that relationship with each issue. Mm -hmm. It can't just have. It can't just not be in your awareness and disappear. You actually have to relate with it for it to disappear. Does that make sense? You you have to become aware of it in its fullness, and then in its fullness become completely detached from it. Allow it to be independent of you. If, if, if you just have an incident occur and then it just sort of subsides or you put it aside, you never really resolved it. It never really ran its full cycle of, of creation, sustaining, and resolve. You see? You didn't really fully dealt, deal with it. You might have partly dealt with it, but the very fact that it persists means you're holding it. One way or the other, you're holding it. You know, by whatever infinite means of holding, you're holding it. You, 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 that's why they say, let go and let God, you know. You, you really have to psychologically let go, where it's no longer an issue for you. See? So, like if you spit on a saint, he doesn't take offense. If you spit on a human being, they take offense. See? The, the saint never held it. He, he never held the insult. See? He honestly 
honestly, completely, never held the insult. See? So it won't ever affect him. Because he didn't receive it. We received these insults. See? Because we received it. We took possession of it. We're holding it. One way or the other. See? I am insulted. See, the I starts first. I am insulted. I was wronged. See? We received it. You can do something negative to a saint. They won't receive it. They won't take it as, as a reality in their disposition, in their, rea in, in their existence. See? Mm -hmm. It's just one of the infinite phenomena flowing by, but they never received it. They were aware of it, but they never received it. They didn't take possession of it. See? Mm -hmm. See? If you don't take possession of an insult, you know, does it mean anything to you? It's only when you take possession of the insult that it becomes yours. Well, if there's no I, then there's no ownership of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what, another way of saying it. Um, the other question is, can this stuff arise while you're meditating without you experiencing it? Can it arise and resolve itself? Or does it, do you actually have to have that, there's my pain experience for it to truly be cleansed? That's a very interesting question. That's a very interesting question. The big things you're going to become aware of. There's infinite micro conditions that will be will be resolved simply because um, you may be momentarily aware of it. But we're talking about infinite moments of a, of a second. Really. Um, because of the the psychic environment that you're creating in meditation, the system is being flushed with a sanctified energy. So it's, it's in the process of constant alchemy, where it's constantly neutralizing infinite conditions, see? So maybe for the most tiny fraction of a moment, you'll become aware of it. But because it's being bathed in this energy, it's, it's dissolving rapidly. Some other issues will come up, be, there's more energy to sustain them, so they're more obvious. But there'll be a million micro-issues that will be, will be resolved in an instant because of the nature of the energy that's pouring into your system. Is it part of your body of awareness? Yes. But it's, you may only be aware for the most infinitely fraction of a moment. Hmm. See, But because you are consciousness, you will be aware. But it's what you, how sustained something is based on the level of energy it's Pooled together, held together. See? Okay. Okay. Mm. A little bit of a nuance, nuanced answer. Mm. Any any other thoughts, questions? See, this is a good opportunity. You don't get this kind of conversation very it's a often. Long group today, too. <laughs> I mean, this is like really deep digging into how these things work. You know, which is really important. Not that many people get these discussions. Not, not, I'm, I'm telling you, and I I read the literature, so I know what's out there. So that's, that's the thing, though, with, with looking at an issue, let's say it's a core issue, mm. you hear the, the discussion from teachers that you're looking at all the aspects of it before you let it go, but you don't know what it is you're actually looking at, A, you don't know why you're holding on to it, B. <laughs> right. So, and that's where I think a lot of people give up on whatever they're doing and try something else because it doesn't seem to be affecting what... Yeah, you, you have to be infinitely patient 
and infinitely confident in the, in the instructions of the saints. See? That has to become your stable platform. You have to be crazy patient and crazy confident. And just because you don't know, you, you, everything that you're working on, it, it, it's like trying to talk to an intoxicated person. You know, their perception is so distorted by what they've ingested that no matter what you say to them, their actions are not based on any kind of reasonable responses. Reason. There's no reason there. So we're all in that. We're all in that condition of of unreasonably responding or reacting to the world, because we're all intoxicated one way or the other. So the the first kind of purity is to be able to say, okay, I'm going to trust some scripture. I'm going to trust some saint. You know, that's a that's like your first really reasonable act, and then I'm going to persist in that trust. And, and whether I understand what the saint is telling me, I'm going to do it. You know? It, it's an unreasonable trust, but you have to sort of develop that. In, in doing that, you'll come to some kind of greater purity in which you will have a better opportunity to evaluate what your life is, what is real, what is re unreal, what is functional, what is non-functional, what is positive, what is not so positive. See? But while we're intoxicated, we're not even in a position to, to know what's reasonable and unreasonable because we're intoxicated. So that, that faith has to be there in the saints because they are sober and we're not sober. So we just have to trust the saints. See, All the parameters, no matter how how, how psychologically interesting or uh, enticing it may be, may be completely erroneous. It's like the, the logic of a drunk or the intelligence of a drunk. He's convinced that the elephant ran across the road, you know, and he's in Iowa, you know. So you have to understand the, the situation we're in. So... We should consider nothing we think as, as so, or really truly reasonable. It's just what we think. And we, we, we have no validation of, of whether what we think is truly real, or truly viable. We have no idea at all. See? So we get slapped around in the world, kicked and poked and punched and pushed, until we get to a frustration where, okay, I asked my doctor, that didn't work out. I asked my psychologist, that didn't work out. I asked my mom, that didn't work out. I asked my friends, that didn't work out. So out of frustration, out of going through, I asked all the scientists, that didn't really work out either. <laughs> After going through all of the, 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 the notable authorities, we humbly crawl up to the states and say, please, <laughs> please, you know, see? But we've, we've, before that, we've gone through everybody. I asked my girlfriend, I asked my wife, I asked my psychologist, I asked my teacher, you know. Until all of those things are exhausted and frustrated, then we finally say, God, what's left is, oh God. It's like when you're drowning, you know. The very last thing you say is, oh God, because you, you've given up everything else, <laughs> you know. The psychologist isn't working for you when you're going down for the third time. At that point, it's just, oh God, see. And the closest thing to, oh God, we can get is a saint in this world, see? So when, once you've really been shaked and baked and kicked and rolled, you finally come to saying, okay, oh God, okay? And then you, then you start to do some, some process of healing.
that's that's what that's our situation. <laughs> you know, what do they say? The the last resort is <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you know, so so that's 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 I hear a clicking. Oh, I see. Okay, stop. I see. Okay, so so that's that's our situation. So o o over time. That oh God, through the through the various Dharma teachers, uh, instead of just being this this burst of exhaustion and prayerful hope that I'm, you're going to get out of this situation, the, the 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 Dharma teachers give you clarity in understanding what that oh God meant. <laughs> See, from the regular human being's point of view, it was just a immediate visceral last gasp. <laughs> But in that last gas, you became profoundly essential, profoundly focused, which allowed you to say, oh God. And then the Dharma teachers explained to you what that oh God means. See? <laughs> Why did you resolve? You didn't say, oh, say, oh science, and then bloop, bloop, bloop. You know, oh mom, bloop, bloop, bloop. You, know, you didn't do that. You said, oh God. Yeah. You, know, you, you, know. you didn't think about your psychologist when you're going down. You thought, oh God. So you became absolutely fundamental. So you went you went to your root, to your source, to what was there even before you came. What was there always, not to all these other temporal things. You went to something permanent. In that moment of desperation, you went to something permanent. See? That that was an intuitive leap you made. The moment you said, Oh God, it was an intuitive leap. You, know, you went beyond your mind, your history. Your concepts, see, oh God, <laughs> you became that was an absolutely truthful moment, <laughs> a, a moment of deep insight when you said, "Oh God, bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> so, and the teachers are there to help you, and the scriptures are there to clarify those things. So, what what does that "Oh God" mean? That "Oh God" experience, see, so. I think I've said what I wanted to say today. Any other thoughts or questions? <laughs> you know. But this is a good opportunity to really flush out a lot of these ideas, to see, you know, to, to persevere in your meditation. When you sit for meditation, it should be come what may. You know? Because every moment that you're sitting, you're destroying an infinite amount of these little tiny sub-programs are being destroyed. Whether you're conscious of it or not, because you're sitting, because you're in the correct process, correct method, and the blessing of the saints are there, all of this stuff is being burnt up. And then a greater and greater sense of freedom, a greater and greater sense of clarity, a greater and greater sense of courage to truly live your life is arising, arising, arising. See? But you have to be ruthless. You have to be unrelenting. You have to be undaunted, see, and it's come what may. So whatever body pain, emotional pain, psychic pain arises, just let it be. Let it arise. Let it be. Sustain that silence. You know, if if you become overwhelmed, you can stop for a moment and say a prayer. You can say, "Oh God, I'm overwhelmed. I'm freaked out. This is too much. Please help me. Please, you know, please support me. Please hold me." And then go right back to meditation. Or you can rely on the mantra. 
you get overwhelmed. When the mind becomes peaceful again, to go right back to meditation. See? So you should use these tools within meditation if you become overwhelmed. It, the further up you go in, uh, in time, you'll have various types of mystical experiences which can be profoundly overwhelming. You know, the, 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 the phenomena that occurs and dimensionality that occurs are, are not of this world. And your psychically can be shattered. Uh, but in that shattering, you, you, can, you can say a prayer, or you can do a mantra, or you, or you can rely on, on Guru. And then you, become sta you can become stabilized through the prayer, through the mantra, the remembrance of Guru. And in that stabilization, you can, you can bear the experiences. You can, you can bear it. And uh, because these are the garments of God, you have to be able to experience the infinite nature of God, which is infinite. And by, by nature, we're, we, we exist from a finite perspective. And then when you're approaching God, you have to acquire an infinite perspective. So there's growth, growth, expansion, expansion, expansion. So those expansions are not necessarily pleasant to our, our small, temporal, limited ego, who thought itself existed within a certain set of boundaries of nature. And when you find out that there's infinite more boundaries or expansions that we have to go through, sometimes it can be overwhelming. And that's where prayer is there, mantra is there, and guru is there. And guru is the root. Guru is the root of all the prayers. Guru is the root of all the mantras. The guru is an embodiment of that. He's a physical, personalized manifestation of all that stuff. So just the thought of the guru can give the stabilization to allow us to bear these expansions of, of consciousness that we all have to go through. We're all going to do it. That it, this, this is part of the evolution of the human condition. We're all going to go through these things. It's just a question of when. See? When do you say, oh God, and mean it? <laughs> you know, oh God, and get on the journey. <laughs> okay. Any other thoughts, ideas? This is one wrap-up question. Yes. So the stuff that emerges that we were talking about looking at and being present for. Yes. Is that just past karma coming back to get us? Well, it's not coming back to get you. <laughs> but if you if you use the word karma meaning uh, past Action. actions, yeah, it's not coming back. You never let go of it. It was always there. It's just it wasn't. You weren't aware. See, and then, like I said, it can manifest in in, in three, three different, roughly three different ways. You know, by something stimulating that, uh, or spontaneous arising, you know, like that. Okay, or karma. It, it mean, it, it, it's time has come. It's 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 time to right. It's, it's it's season to come forth, like that. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll sit with our spines erect. Um, and own three times and just sit for maybe you know five ten minutes. I hope I've gotten the questions answered. Yeah. Take a deep breath in.
Gently take a deep breath in and then release. And then you can gently open your eyes. Just a micro sub note. So when you're practicing, there's two, two, two notes. Like some people say, oh, the door is creaking. Oh, the plates are clattering. That irritates me something like that, you know, or oh, the baby next door is crying, or the horn is honking. That's because they've embraced those things. 
you have to, in meditation, you have to let everything be. Just let it arise, let it fall, let it be. See? Don't receive it, just accept it. See? If, if, if you say, no, I want silence, physical silence, you know, you, you, you're putting a condition on meditation that's completely unrealistic. So if you can't accept it, the sounds outside, how can you accept the noise inside? You know, if you didn't accept it there, you're not going to accept it here. See? So you, you simply just have to accept it. Just, it is. That's it. It is. Just leave it alone. See? Don't get caught up, oh, that's a noisy horn, or that's a noisy child. Just accept it. Your job is to be silent, hold the peace, and accept what is. Be present, be aware. Don't hold anything. Don't hold anything. Not outside, not inside. See? So that's one note. Then the second note is just because I don't know how much experience everyone has had in meditation, you know, how much instructions you receive. But just in the very before you get to just like okay, I want to practice silence. You can you do that? Sure, you can definitely do that. But there's an easier way. Just some very simple mantra like Soham or Om. And so hum is easy because you can coordinate with the breath. You know, so it's as the breath comes in, so as the breath comes out, hum, so hum, so hum, as the breath. And you just tie it to your breath. What will happen is as your concentration gets deeper, because it's easy, it's, it's like giving an, you know, if, you, if you're taking an elephant uh, through a, a village, the elephant will be grabbing everything with its nose, picking it up. So you know how they stop them from doing that? They give them a stick to hold. So the elephant holds the stick and it won't grab all the, <laughs> the vegetables that's going in the market. The same thing with us. If, if you just do so hum, the mind won't be grabbing everything because you've given it something to do, something positive and something subtle. And then over time, as the mind gets deeper and deeper in its concentration, that so hum will slowly, as your concentration gets deeper, the so hum will slowly disappear. And then there'll just be, just be silence. So you've acquired that deeper skill. But prior to that, give the mind something to do. You know, otherwise it'll run after the 10,000 fruits and vegetables in the market. <laughs> See? So, so hum, so hum, so hum will resolve into silence. And that resolving into silence will resolve into non-grasping. Non See? So, all these instructions are very simple but very deep. They, they lead you into truly deep metaphysical awarenesses. You know, that, you know sometimes they say, oh, it's so simple. How can, this, how can it be of value? Give me a break. So is you know, H2O. You know? <laughs> very simple, but very vital. You know? So is the oxygen you breathe.